Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Hello, I'm here today, and I'm very excited to be here today with Adrian Bishop. Adrian is a life and parent coach specializing in helping overwhelmed and anxious, highly sensitive moms, parents, as well as their highly sensitive kids with confidence and without losing themselves in parenting. She is a certified positive discipline parent educator and speaker on many parenting topics, including sibling rivalry, helping your child manage their emotions, building confidence in your child, and so much more. Welcome, Adrian, to the podcast. Thank you, Anne. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you here and anxious to learn more about what you do and who you are. So how did you get into this space? So I have, uh, about a couple of years ago, I had my third, I got pregnant with my third child and I have two older kids who were about seven and four at the time. And my oldest, who is who was seven at the time, my daughter, um, was presenting a lot of challenges for me. She was um, not really responding to typical discipline. She was really getting more and more escalated and more, you know, would melt down more if I did anything that was punishment-based. And I started to get really concerned that, you know, I wasn't going to be able to help her in any way as, as her mom or be able to even like, you know, calm her down or anything. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a third child. I really need to figure this out. Like, this is not something I can just kind of, you know, hope gets better uh, because she was seven at that point and I still hadn't figured it out. So I, I decided to start looking into it and I just Googled every parenting book I could think of. I found a book called Love and Logic, which um, tended to talk more about how you speak to your kids makes a really big difference. And how to do that so that they actually like listen a little more and you empathize with them and you actually connect with them first before punishing and, you know, telling them what to do. And so I really resonated with that. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a whole other way to talk to your kids and to parent that isn't traditionally timeouts or consequences or any of that. And it just made me feel so much more, I just felt more aligned with that in general. And so I went further into research along the positive parenting line and that led me to positive discipline. And I started using that and it just basically was a complete revelation. My daughter started to respond better to me. My kids were listening better. I felt just like I was doing the right thing in a way for them and for me. And then I, you know, at the same time was talking to a career coach because I wanted to figure out what direction I wanted to go with my career. And she was like, well, you know, like you could combine life coaching and parenting and just focus on parents and helping them kind of with their challenges. And of course I had never heard of that before and was pretty, you know, like what, but it sounded really good. It sounded really intriguing. And I, cause I was feeling very passionate that 
there's the stuff out there that people don't know about that can make their lives so much easier. And I wanted to share it. So that's kind of how I got into it. I just started my business from scratch at that moment. Amazing. So I know that we we grow up um, having been parented by our parents. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we repeat a lot of our past experience mm-hmm. in all in all ways in life. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you make that transition? How do you start to recognize the things that you're doing and make changes? That's a really good question. So what happens is that my clients come to me and they have one specific big problem, right? So they're yellers or they get very overwhelmed when their child is upset. They try to fix everything. They want to control. So there's usually one really big problem that they want, they know is not working, right? They're like, this is just not working for me or my kids. I don't feel good when I do it. And they want to, they want to change. And so a lot of times we um, have to go back to sort of what their childhood was involved, you know, what, 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 what was involved in their childhood, because they, a lot of times are not only modeling what their parents did, but they're actually programmed, you know, from childhood to respond to their kids subconsciously in a way maybe they don't want to, right? So if their their kid is doing something, maybe hitting them when they're toddlers or they're overwhelming them somehow physically, like with their like laying on them a lot or just kind of overwhelming them, your brain can automatically just have a programmed response to that that could be yelling. And it really does kind of come out of nowhere. It's called a trigger. And so there's definitely triggers that are involved with when you grow up and you, um, you know, are adapting to how your parents parent you, you formulate this way of being that is completely just to help you survive. And when you become an adult, I mean, you become a parent, it kind of doesn't serve you anymore because you're not able to control it. It's just happening to you because it's a program. And so the first thing we do is we start recognizing where is it a program and when is it being triggered and what's happening in your childhood that caused it. And then we start to break down Um, sort of why, like what's coming up for them? Are they feeling unsafe when their child's hitting them? Because maybe there was something in their household that repeated that behavior or that pattern. Um, Or we even talk a lot about like uh, the idea that if you have an overbearing, controlling parent, you might become more people pleasing so that they don't get upset with you as much. Let's just fly under the radar so your parent doesn't start to criticize you or yell at you. Um, And so a lot of these adaptations are taken all the way into adulthood. And we really just need to kind of be aware of them. That's number one. And it's like, once you start understanding where they've come from, where they come from, it almost starts to resolve them just solely because you have the awareness. So your story comes out, you figure out it's connected to something in your childhood and you're like, oh my gosh, okay. And then you can start to let go of those behaviors so much more easily. Um, And so I always like to talk to my clients specifically about that not necessarily first, but it's involved in what we, what we do. And then the main thing that creates long-term change is to really start rewiring some of those patterns. And the way that I do that is through um, helping them to identify their thinking. So what happens is if, if a parent is yelling at their child, they have these ideas about how kids should be that may be not in line with what their kid is 
actually doing. And so they think they're being disrespectful. Um, they shouldn't be talking to me that way. And when they think that those kinds of thoughts, guess what? They feel pretty angry. And then that leads them to yell. So we work on figuring out what thoughts are coming up for them when their kids do certain behaviors um, and why they end up reacting the way they do. And then we help them to develop different thought patterns that help them to stay calm and help them to respond more logically and get out of being emotionally hijacked, right? So it's like almost like as soon as you're angry, you can't think straight. And so you're not able to pause. You're not able to respond in a way that actually like might help your kid to move away from that behavior. And so if we don't address the thoughts and feelings first or in conjunction with some of the other tools I offer, nothing's changing. The parents are going to stick in their patterns and not be able to move away from them because you can have a tool. I can say, say these words, do it this way. But if you're not changing what you're thinking about your kid's behavior and you're just thinking all these terrible thoughts, you know, you're going to respond in a way that's more reactive. So that's kind of in a nutshell, how I help people specifically move away from those, you know, from parenting, maybe the way they don't want to, or the way their parents did. Um, so, yeah. Brilliant. Because I know myself, I have certain triggers and I react to things and I'm not happy with my reaction, but I can't change it once it's expressed. Right. So yeah. after hearing you, I'm thinking a little bit more. And I know at the dinner table one night, um, my husband said something and I was ready to react. And I thought, wait a minute, what <laughs> am I doing here? Nice. Good. So it was really helpful. Yeah. Now you talk about parenting and you're speaking to a mom, let's say, what happens in the family dynamic? Because it's not just a mom raising a child. And then there are grandparents who very often come into the picture and all bets are off. Mm -hmm. Or you're out to dinner with a whole large, an extended family. Um, I know that was how I was raised. I was raised with my mom and my grandparents and everybody had an opinion. Yeah. Yep. And so how does that play into it? Yeah, so a lot of times the grandparent role can be one of the hardest ones for parents to kind of manage, right? Because they want their they want their parents involved with their kids' lives, but they probably aren't parenting the same way. They're almost 100% aren't parenting the same way, especially if they're working with a coach. And so a lot of times you, again, you have to develop this way of thinking about their responses in a way that helps you to not be triggered by it. So if your parent is telling you to do something a certain way, or you're, they're saying you're doing something incorrectly and you're triggered by it, usually that means that you believe it. So if the, if the, if the grandparent is saying like, oh, you shouldn't be feeding your kid those foods, like they're never going to be able to eat real food. It's stop accommodating with their, you know, their pickiness or whatever. Um, or why are you giving them so much sugar? Right? So if you're, if the parent is saying, if the grandparent is saying that to the parent and the parent gets upset, usually it's because they also already feel a little bit like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And then it triggers something in them to get upset. And so a lot of times we just work on the idea of how are you going to think about when your parent says X, Y, or Z to you, and you initially get this like, you know, negative feeling kind of up, you know, rise up in your body. How do you want to, how do you want to think about what they're saying? Because that's the only thing you have control over. You don't have control over them changing and not saying those things. 
Um, you can ask them nicely, you know, requests for them not to, but that doesn't mean they're going to listen. So the only thing you can do is you can literally say, well, most likely this, my parent is just responding to their own right trigger. So they see something that the kid's doing and it, it makes them think of something from their past or something that they've been conditioned to do. And they're just responding from that place. And so we can feel compassion for them, right? They're not intentionally creating this problem. It's just, that's what they were taught, right? They were taught that kids eat vegetables. Kids eat everything on their plate. Kids don't, shouldn't eat sugar. Something in there is making them uncomfortable. And then that's what they think is something that they need to say to you and exert control because it makes them uncomfortable, right? So we can kind of start to understand where is this parent coming from? A lot of times it's anxiety. So the parents feeling anxious, the grandparents feeling anxious because they're worried about the kid. And so they just have to express it to the parent and make sure that it gets all smoothed over so that they can feel better. So that's one of the things we want to recognize is like people think that the way to feel better is by controlling others outside of themselves. But that is not true because it can't happen. We can't control other people outside of us. So once we kind of understand that most people are operating from that place, it's not as impactful on us. It doesn't really create, we don't feel it personally as much. We can kind of step back from it and be like, right. They think if, if I will do what they ask me, that they will feel better. It makes total sense, right? That they would think that, but in reality, it's their thoughts, it's their feelings, it's their conditioning. All of that is just creating the response that they're having. And so knowing that we can kind of step back from the responsibility of having to make them feel better, right? We don't have to do what they say just because we feel guilty or we feel you know, we feel bad that they're creating this situation and we need to fix it. No, we can just, we can just let them have their opinions. We can let them have their, their reaction. And then we decide how we react. That's kind of where I take people. Um, but it is hard when you're in a group and somebody says something or your kid does something obnoxious or, you know, out of line to not feel a lot more of that emotional hijacking because it's embarrassing. It can be very embarrassing and we need to, again, we need to stick with the group. In primitive times, if we weren't a part of a group, we would die. So that, that primitive response is still there. And so your brain's like, no, 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 no. Don't like do anything wrong or leave the group or, you know, not fit in because then you're going to, you're going to die. Your brain really thinks that. So it's important to recognize that that's where this response is coming from. If you're embarrassed or you want to fix it, or you want to people please your parents, it's really just because you want to make sure that you're safe. And so just kind of understanding and having the awareness of where all this stuff is coming from, it can help you move away from it so much quicker and easier. So. And then one of the topics you addressed in a talk that you gave recently was uh, the idea of always trying to please mm -hmm. and switching that over. And it's, it's very easy to say, well, this other person my mother has her opinion, um, but that's her opinion. Mm -hmm. But the, in, and I've done this with my mother-in-law, I've been trying to please to the point where it's truly uncomfortable. How do you pull back from that? Um, because there's no way that you can explain right. what's happening. Right. You can't explain it because right. that the other person doesn't is never going to understand it. So you're right. explaining and explaining, you're not being heard. And that, that is also a trigger. Right. Yes. So 
the idea of trying to explain it to her, you know, to your mother-in-law or explain it to whoever you're people pleasing is just the idea of you feel like that will solve it. If they understand me, then I will feel validated, happy, good, confident, but that's kind of where we automatically go, but it doesn't actually solve the problem. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that when you, basically when you notice your people pleasing, it feels like somebody's upset with you and you can't handle it. You want to fix it right away. You want to talk to them and you want them to tell you everything's fine, or you want to, um, you know, people are in a bad mood, right? You're family members or you're out to eat, people are in a bad mood and you really don't like it, super uncomfortable and you do everything you can to make everybody happy. Well, when you're noticing that you're in that place of worry, it's basically worrying about others and how they feel. So if you're overly concerned with how others are feeling and how others think about you, you're probably in people-pleasing mode and you really want to kind of catch yourself in that, in that moment. And rem- this is my biggest thing that I offer people when they are people pleasing or when I people please, cause I'm, I'm a recovering people pleaser myself, but the idea of they are responsible for their thoughts, feelings, and actions. Other people are responsible for their thoughts, feelings, and actions. And actually we are not right. We have, we don't need to take on their issues, their thoughts, their feelings, everything. It's not possible to do that. It's not, it's not our fault right? We're not causing them to act this way. And we can't even control them in a way that will help them stop. We can't do that. So when we people please, that's what leads to control, trying to control because we're so desperate to feel better that we try to control everything around us. But then what happens is guess what? Like if you're trying to control people, they don't respond to you again in the way that you want them to. They're probably going to back off or resist or argue with you, right? Or challenge you. It's like the last thing that you want. And so we really need to work, we, like as, when you're people pleasing, you really need to work on the idea that you don't have to take responsibility for them. They're fully capable adults and even kids. You don't have to take responsibility for them too, even though they're still learning. But just the idea of you can move, remove yourself from taking on all the blame in these situations. Um, like if you're somebody's upset with something you've done or somebody's upset with how things look in your house or how the way you're doing things, that's their responsibility, right? So if we think about it that way, it really does take the load off and it really helps to just get back into, okay, so now what do I have control over? Well, I can, again, change how I think about that person or find compassion or curiosity so that I can actually get into thinking about where they're coming from when they do or say something. And then remember that it's completely in my control to not take the blame on me. So you've talked about a, a, a mom reacting the way that she might react. And you've talked about the dynamic between um, a mother and her mother or other adults. How, and you spoke briefly about your daughter. Mm-hmm. How do you get, how do you help the child to understand um, how to react or, and mm. how to move forward and grow? Mm. That's a really good question. Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with how you respond to them when they're emotional. So this is sort of like a modeling situation where, 
let's say my daughter is anxious and having a little bit of a meltdown. My job as the parent is to model for her how to handle being anxious. Like, how do we, what do we do in this moment? Um, and so when you're, when you're interacting with, with your child, you want to make sure that they feel validated in how they feel. We don't need to excuse any behaviors necessarily, but the feeling is always valid. So if, as a parent, if you're reminding yourself that that is always true, that can be super helpful in working toward empathy. We always want to go toward empathy and connection first. Um, and then allowing them to just know what it looks like to manage feelings in a healthy way is going to, you know, it's going to really create an opportunity for them in the future to um, have a lot of emotional intelligence and to move into um, really just knowing, I mean, emotions basically are everything. They, they govern everything. So knowing how to do anything and feel confident in anything I can handle any emotion. I know what it looks like to respond instead of react. All of those things are, are what the parents can model. And so that's why we work so much on getting thoughts and feelings in line for the parents, because then what they're doing is they're regulating themselves, which then helps them regulate. They're co-regulating with their kids. So if they're, you know, emotional, when their kid's emotional, guess what you have? You have like a big problem of a lot of dysregulation and the kids seeing you freaking out all the time. And they think that that's what's supposed to happen. Oh, we just freak out when we get anxious or we freak out when this happens. And that's supposed to be that way. Um, and so we really need that. That's why it's so powerful for parents to learn how to regulate themselves because they can do it in moments when their kid can learn from that and model that. And then they can model that in like a really powerful way. So, yeah. And that carries over as they grow older as well. Correct. Right. Wow. Um, that's truly overwhelming for me, but <laughs> I'll handle it. Lots of um, new concepts. <laughs> totally. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's a beautiful thought and I love the, the picture that you paint, um, but actually carrying it through is another story. And I'm thinking about our granddaughter and her reactions and how to handle that as yes. well. Uh, so if that's interesting. So, yeah. But you still have a mother and possibly a father or a partner. Right. And how do they also get on board with all of this? Yeah, that's a really good question. A lot of times I coach both, both partners in, in the coaching, you know, relationship. Um, and when I do that, we are able to resolve a lot of conflicts actually within the couple. Um, and it's, it's a really beautiful thing because you'll have a third party just kind of there listening while you work things out and then helping you with tools to, to do that. Um, if you don't have your partner actually on the coaching call, which is again, hundred percent fine because the idea of one person changing and growing and using these tools and learning how to basically regulate themselves and manage their own emotions, it, it usually bleeds into every other family member in the home. So when I started doing this work, my, my husband was not reading the books with me. He was not doing all the things I was doing, but I still was able to 
you know, he was basically watching me do all these things and was like, what, how do you do that? Like, what, what is that? That, that, oh my God, you know, and he was seeing everything work so well that, you know, it wasn't necessarily conscious, but he just started picking all of it up and doing it because it works. And it was so much easier than how we were doing it before. So that typically happens where the partner just is like, oh my God, that that's working. Oh, I got to do that. And sometimes, you know, my husband will ask me like, how the heck would you handle this? And so I would kind of give him a tool and tell him how to do it. You know, and so it does really work for the one parent to be working on this solely. It makes a huge difference in the family, especially if it's somebody that, you know, can be with the kids on a regular basis, practice all these things. Um, but I even have, I have divorced dads that I work with. They only see their kids on the weekends. Um, I have uh, actually a couple that is divorced and I work with them both together on the call. So it, it doesn't have to be this, you know, um, perfect situation by any means. And I feel, I feel like just even one person doing this work, it impacts everyone. So yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, for sure. So, and I'm trying to get my thoughts together because there's so much I want to ask, but the other part of that too is the way we, we react to certain situations are not only in the home with children, it's also outside in the, in the workplace as well. So mm-hmm. you found that a lot of the people that you coach uh, and mentor, their lives also change outside of the home. Yes, exactly. And I have a lot of times I'll go through about, you know, sometimes half of my coaching program and I'll realize that we are talking about not parenting right now, you know, and we kind of go over so many different areas and just noticing how the tools work in all areas and all relationships, right? So like a lot of times they're able to actually have a better relationship with their partner, even if their partner's not on the call, because they start changing how they think about their reactions, right? And like you said, when you, when your husband said something, you, you stopped and you were like, wait a minute, that's what happens. It's like everything changes and everything shifts in their lives. And all of the tools sort of bleed over into that. And the idea that I came up with for the presentation that I gave was the idea of how we can do all these things. We can people please, we can try to control, we can get defensive, we can um, have all these issues in our businesses, right? So if you're even in your job or your business, this stuff comes up all the time. And it's all the same kind of concepts that we want to work on in those areas too, because, um, you know, we don't want to necessarily, especially as women, like women are socialized to kind of be givers, right? To give and give and give. And it affects our workplace. It affects our businesses because we just think, well, I shouldn't want money for this, or I shouldn't be asking for this much money. I should lower my price because it's, it's going to hurt someone. Someone's going to be in pain. If I, if I ask them to give me this much money, I'm asking them to part with money and, Really what that is, it's it's literally people-pleasing in your business and it's creating the result of you not making as much money as you could. And again, 100%, this is so common. Like, I think most people do this at some point in their businesses. But just recognizing it as like, wait a minute, like, I just want people to like me is really what I want. Is that serving them? Like, is that actually helping them in the world by me just like devaluing what I offer, you know? And is it helping me? Not at all, because then my confidence goes down, my doubt goes up, and things become so much harder. I can't sell as well. 
Um, you know, I write posts and emails and I think about them for hours and hours and hours and feel terrible about like what I said about, you know, this person or how I said this and what are these people thinking about me? You keep thinking those kinds of thoughts in your businesses or in your workplace, questioning yourself, doubting how good you are at doing something. All of those things, you know, in the end are really because we want the approval of someone else. We want validation from someone else. And like, again, not something we can control. 100% cannot control that. And we kind of don't want to. We don't want to be controlling. We don't want to be responsible for other people. We don't want to have, you know, be responsible for what they do. It's too much. It takes, it ends up taking so much of our own emotional energy from us. And so the only thing that we can work on is building up our own validation of ourselves, working on our own self-talk, right? So that we're not needing others to say those things to us. And then remembering that how people react again, it's their responsibility, we are, as long as we're coming at it with good intention, you know, that's all you can do. We cannot go into their brain and control all the things that they're thinking about you. And half the time, we don't even know what it is and we're never going to. So it's one of these things that we can just let, learn to let go of, takes a lot of practice and a lot of time, but it really can be so, so freeing when it comes to, you know, working outside of the house or, you know, having a business, it really just creates a lot of confidence and a lot of um, just freedom to, to kind of have what you want. So it makes a huge impact on your life in general when you're able to do that. Amazing. And have you also worked with people who um, have older children? So teenage, college age? Yes, um, I mostly teenager, uh, teenage, parents of teenagers I have worked with that age. Um, and college age is definitely an interesting, um, experience because their, your role is changing so completely as, you know, as the parent of a college age kid or an adult child. And it's really can be jarring for, for parents. It's very, it's, it's like, you have to shift from being fixer to coach, right? So it's like, no longer are you there to solve their problems and help them. It's like, now you're just listening, holding space, you know? asking them questions so that they solve their problems. Um, and then also giving them their own, their own independence and helping them to know that they can do it on their own and they're, they're, you know, and all the things that you did up to this point is enough, that sort of thing. So it definitely has a shifting role uh, for that, for that age. Um, I actually really enjoy working with parents of teenagers. I think they're very primed to put in some of these things into place pretty quickly. Um, and they see huge results quickly because they, they are, they're so ready to grow and they're so ready to support their kid and help them to be independent that they really want to work on it and they really want to get themselves in a good place. And so it's pretty powerful to see how fast they can make changes a lot of times. Amazing. And I've heard some of the stories, so it's great. <laughs> um, so you also have a Facebook group, Calm Confident Parenting. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I have a group where I, um, I offer a lot of free content so you can come in and I do a lot of Facebook lives on all different kinds of topics, uh, all the way from toddler, you know, issues, getting kids out the door, um, you know, in the morning, that's a huge one. One of the concepts I kind of created was this concept of time anxiety where we always feel like we're going to be late and we're rushing and we freak out. And that happens to be a really big challenge for a lot of my clients. And then um, I do a lot of posting in there, just any helpful tidbits I can give. 
And um, I do webinars every month. Um, and sometimes I stream them into my Facebook group. But it's a great place to be just to see if, you know, you have any questions and you want some help and you're struggling with certain things. Um, there's so much information in that group. You can just search for this, you know, the issue that you're having and um, probably it will be there. <laughs> so if our listeners forget, it's, it will be in the show notes for sure. And how can people find you? I have a website. It's www.adrianbishopcoaching.com. So you can go there. Um, and all of my information is on the website and it has my email address and you can also schedule a call and I will help you out and talk about what you're struggling with and um, let you know if, if coaching will help and how it will help. And uh, so that that's an option too. And the link for that is also on my website. And if groups would like to have you come and speak, you're also open for that as well. Yes, I'd love to. I love speaking. I have a lot of different topics um, that I speak on and you can just send me an email. Well, I can tell our listeners, I heard the last presentation you did and it was brilliant. Uh, today was amazing. Uh, I loved hearing what you have to say. I am not a parent. However, a lot of what you shared with me today, I'm going to have to use in my life for sure. Good. And I'm going to have to step back and actually look at what my reactions have been <laughs> and make adjustments. So um, I may just have to visit your Facebook group as well. <laughs> sure. Thank you so very much for being with me today um, on the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Again, all of the information will be in the show notes. And again, thank you. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you. Thank you.